You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Okay, so I've never seen Revenge of the Nerds at all. I know all about it. I thought I knew all about it. I'm really interested to talk about this tonight with you. Eric, how the hell are you doing tonight? Surprised that you have not seen any of the Revenge of the Nerds. I believe that there are four now, as I am counting. Unless There's four? Unless there are uh, some some side uh, spinoffs that had happened, or a, a effort to, to revamp the series, which I don't think it would, because we're going to talk about. But um, we're going to talk about with Randall today. Hey, yes, I am also equally surprised that, Jordan, you've never seen Revenge of the Nerds. And I do have something to say about the spinoff idea. So apparently I was reading, I don't know who, somebody that was involved with the original production said, and I feel like this is something I've heard before, so it's something they've been trying to get off the ground for a long time, is their take, if they were to do a new one, their take would be, since basically nerd culture is popular now, it would be reversed. It'd be role reversal. It'd be about uh, jocks oh. that are no longer cool trying Ooh. to like. Yeah, right. I don't like that idea. Hi, Ooh. I'm Randy. <laughs> yeah, oh, thanks for joining us, bad. Randy. That, yeah. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. No. Okay. It's a weird idea. <sighs> That's a weird. It's idea. It's a terrible idea. Okay. So the only thing that I knew. I'm sorry. I, I lied. The two things that I knew about uh, Revenge of the Nerds before seeing it for the first time last night was the laugh, the <laughs> laugh, and uh, Booger. Right. That's, that's yeah. all I knew. Okay. I didn't. Know, I, I didn't know who Booger was. I I confused Booger with John Belushi's character in Animal House, where he puts the mashed potatoes in and slashes, you know, smashes his mm. cheeks. Uh, I thought that's who Booger. Was for some reason, you know, kind of thing, but um, kind of is. It kind of is, but it isn't though, because Booger's not really gross. All he really does is like belch and pick his nose, and that's just me on a daily basis. So that's fine. But that's that's you're all you're getting the overall kind of image that he is scrubby and a bit uh, uh, slobbish, and you know what I mean, very un unkempt. You know, just kind of. Just dirty. Right. That's that's kind of what I don't know what kind of niche of nerd he's supposed to be, but uh, I don't think he's supposed to be a nerd at all. He's not a nerd. He's just a reject at that point, right? Because yeah, even I... go ahead, Sir Randall. Sorry. A dirty oh, nerd. I'm sorry, man. I was I, yeah, I was gonna say I'm glad you like this came up right away. It always struck me as weird because Booger, yeah, he's kind of a reject, but he's not like he doesn't seem like a nerd. Even when I was like I have seen this before when I was younger. Um, mm-hmm. They, they used to run it on, like, broadcast TV during, like, on the weekend, Super Saturday, Super Sunday. So I had seen this a bunch edited most times. Yep. Um, but right. even when I was a kid, I was like, he's not a nerd. Like, yeah, he's gross. And now rewatching it, I'm like, if anything, he's just kind of a, I don't know. He's Outcast? like a burnout. He's just, yeah, he's gross and scrubby, but he's, he's the drug guy. And they may not like him, but. Other groups will always accept the drug guy. <laughs> right, but then also, the black guy's not a nerd either. I mean, do we all want to like, call he out kind the of obvious? Is. is he, though? I mean, like, or He's is a he master just... of aerodynamics. So, I'm, 
I'm assuming okay, that, or... that he has a lot of mathematics right. in his background, then. Maybe I never saw him do anything with mathematics or nerdy throughout the movie. He's just the Tolkien black gay guy. He threw right? a javelin. He, he custom designed a javelin that would be able to throw with his, with his limp wrist. His limp wrist style. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, then that would work for me then, I guess. I mean, let's, let's, let's go with it. No, so I have, I, I've never seen this movie, but the movie opens up. Uh, of course, we don't go scene by scene, but this one thing I found interesting was uh, the movie opens up with uh, the two friends and the uh, one friend. Uh, oh shit! Who's who's laying in bed? Ah shit! What's his name? Uh, uh, Gilbert. Gilbert. Thank you. Gilbert's laying in his bed, and his mom's like, "Hey, come on, Gilbert, let's get out of bed." And the way that the uh, covers were over him, like just barely covering like the bottom of his uh, chin, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be one of these '80s teen movies where they rip the sheets off and he has a Woody on or something." No, he's fully dressed, and they laugh about it. Did I not get the joke? They're just ready for college. They're just, okay. they're nerds. They're, they're ready for school. They're nerds. They're super nerds. The jo- the joke is like he, he was pulling one over on him because he's actually ready, but he was making like he was not ready. He was still in bed. Ha ha. Like it's yeah. Okay. The movie does in in ways perfectly nail the nerd aspect of some of the characters because it it's so stupid. It's so, it's like such, the joke is so lame. It's like, yeah, they're, well, they're well, huge nerds. because you have some characters like uh, Point Dexter who are so exaggerated, so so mm. flanderized from, from what a nerd is supposed to be. But that's what this movie is. Um, because that does the same thing with the jocks who are supposed to be kind of like, Kind of almost like a Belushi, just you know, running around and and they're incoherent with their words. Ogre's just, I don't know what else to do, and he's just yelling out stuff. And it's you know, kind of a typical lunch table kind of uh, depiction of what these people should be like. Everyone oh, is, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but everyone is a stereotype. Everyone, not just the really bad stereotypes, but like. There's the jock stereotypes, the like, and the different variations of them, and even within the nerds, like you've got the typical nerds to, like you said, different extremes with Poindexter, to like, yeah, and then the ones that are just outcasts, or even the like the young, like the little kid who's so smart he's in college nerd, like yeah, they're all super mm-hmm. stereotypes, huge stereotypes. I, I I couldn't believe some of the stereotypes that we were given. Uh, Going back real quick, I'm I'm trying. I was trying to remember because I didn't want to look it up. I didn't want to cheat and go on IMDb. When they were driving to college, the dad. I know that actor. Why do I know that? Right. Actor? There's a lot of actors actually in here that you might know. Uh, in fact, the guy who plays um, uh, um, Gilbert is uh, Anthony Edwards, who's uh, if you made if you didn't recognize him from ER, then maybe you know him as Goose in Top Gun. Yes, I, I I do know him now because of Top Gun and Goose. Yeah, yes, okay, and then also and, a, and a, of course many other thing too. But yeah, uh, uh, back dad? to back to the the dad. Uh, do you want to know who he, he is? Not American, I believe he's actually like, like from New Zealand or something. I've I've seen him in a thousand movies, and and I didn't want to cheat. I was trying oh no, to man, he's born in L.A. Who is huh. he? Who's the dad? He played Hoggett, and and he's James Cromwell. He's been, he's been in in so many things. I said I said, I said uh, uh, in Babe, but um, he's been in like a lot of other movies, man. Like he's been around for a while. 
Because you know what I confused like him with? I confused him with the bad vampire in Underworld. That's not the same guy, is it? Uh, possibly, dude. The James Cromwell works. He's been in okay. a lot. So, it, it, and not even just in movies, but in uh, in television as well too. He's he's all over the place. Okay. Well, uh, I've seen him. Into the nerds. I'm looking at all of them. I mean, geez, this is uh, he's been in a lot of movies. And I'm trying to think of one that would. Yeah, I'm scrolling through his IMDb too, like just nonstop. A lot of TV work anymore, but I mean, still, he's got tons of stuff coming out this year and stuff in pre production currently. Um, Okay. Hmm. He looks the same age (laughs) now as he does in the movie, in a way. So he's like Morgan Freeman. He was in Star Trek First Contact. That was a good one. He played uh, the president in Deep Impact. I think. Oh, that's where I remembered him from. Or no, or not the president, but uh, Taylione's dad. He no, the, I, the... I know you're. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, I got you. It just he just looks familiar as shit. Uh, another actor that was completely surprised in this one, uh, John Goodman. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, I will always remember him as as you know Mr. Connor and also Fred Flintstone. So it was great to see him playing not the everyman and playing Fred Flintstone. It was cool to see him as this asshole coach. A role that I that I never associate with his performances. You know what I mean? Like I thought, I was like, oh god, is he actually going to be good as an asshole coach? And he was decent. Like he wasn't great, but he was good. I mean, he was he was okay. I liked him as an asshole football coach. I thought he was great. Stereotyped as as the asshole. Same with uh, Ted McGinley. He's uh, the stereotypical kind of uh, Chad or jerk in in these types of uh, in these types of movies. Uh, are you talking about Jefferson from Mirror of Children? Yes. Stan Gable yeah. in this movie, but uh, yeah, Ted, Ted Beginley. I only I, I saw his face last night when I watched the movie for the first time, and I was like, that guy looks fucking familiar. That guy looks familiar. That guy looks. And, and, and I'm a huge Mirror of Children fan. I was like, that's fucking Jefferson. And my wife's like, who's Jefferson? Like, the second husband. She's like, oh, son of a bitch. If you watched uh, TV or movies in kind of the late 80s or the 90s, then. You, right. You've seen him work, uh, right. chances are. Okay, so big question here, and this is not my question. This is actually my wife's question, okay? So they go to college. The dad drops uh, the boys off, right, in this kind of like roundabout section. Sure. And he's, like, and he's like, have a good day at school, boys. And then they have to walk completely across campus. <laughs> yeah. And my well, wife's because... like, why didn't they drop them off at the dorms? Because they wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been able to, you know, have funny slapstick moments. Yeah, that's the joke, man. All right, okay, <laughs> okay, I'll, okay, uh, I'll go with. Mind it. you, it, coming from me though, quote unquote, funny slapstick moments. Oh, yeah. Really? This, this, I, man, I remember enjoying this quite a bit when I was younger. I did not really enjoy it. This viewing, it, it just, <laughs> it was kind of dull and kind of bland, and. It, I was fascinated by, like, you know, because this is one of the 80s movies that takes a lot of shit now, you know? And I think it deserves to because it's, woo! But, um, yeah, overall, like, there were a few things that made me laugh, but a lot of the comedy did not land for me now that I'm, I don't know, older. <laughs> Jaded. Well, it's it's yeah. silly. It's, it's a lot simpler and... I, I think a lot of the humor comes in the situation and not in the joke itself. In just right. because of you know how there's that that party scene or a few party scenes rather, rather 
or even in, in the humor in the pranks that they pull. Uh, the old-time kind of, uh, college rivalries of, of two frat houses just kind of battling it out. Or, you know, so Animal House was uh, between the school, between the dean and, and the frat house. So it's just kind of that that type of college-themed movie that we get out of, out of this one. Um, to an extreme, of course. We'll get there, but I think that's it's kind of, again, what this movie was trying to aim at, is that these nerds, who are often seen as wholesome, have a little bit of a flair, a little bit of a wild side. Who would have thought yeah. they're, yes, they're smoking yes. weed and getting laid? Yes, I want to talk about that, okay? Now, I'm not saying that it's true, but, you know, the stereotype with nerds is that, you know, they don't have sex. And I thought that was going to be the big thing in the movie was, you know, like, I thought the movie's going to end. I had no idea where this movie was going to go, but I thought the movie's going to end with one of the two buddies finally getting laid. And I really thought it was the main guy going after uh, the sorority girl, and he finally was going to get laid, and that was like the big victory, I thought, kind of. Um, but they're not shy or awkward. They are somewhat during their party, but like you said, like they're smoking weed. They're videotaping girls getting undressed. They're having sex, and they're not awkward about it. Uh, fucking, uh, what's the guy's? Uh, Poindexter gets his gets his dick gr- grabbed, and he didn't. He was like, "Okay, let's go." Like I was just yeah. amazed by that. It does set it up like, yeah, no, it does set it up that like it's going to be that's kind of them trying to get laid is the drive of the movie at the beginning. You, I mean, at least maybe because that's such a tropey thing to do. That's what I expected this time. Cause I didn't remember a lot about the plot, but you're right. It doesn't go that way. It just like one of them gets laid. And then it's like, we get like, there's one shot of him coming down in like a Hugh Hefner outfit. And that's the joke. And then we move on and it's like, Oh, it's not a, okay. okay right. It's not a big deal. No, you're right. It was I was I was expecting something different. Like I thought, you know, them hoisting up a girl's panties and everybody cheers. You know, like I've seen that scene before, kind of thing. I thought that was going to happen. What was the point of them going to the sorority house, doing a panty raid, and videotaping everything? Because I know at the end of the movie, they're selling all their pies, and be, it's it's number one seller because <laughs> the chick has her titties out, but. <laughs> What's the point of videotaping? Right. Besides of all that illegal activity, uh, the I think the thought process behind it was that the Alpha Alpha Beta team or frat house um, had you know pulled one on them, and so their idea to get them back was to go for their girls, for the the neighboring, for the pies. But uh, doesn't the, make any sense to vid- to put security cameras well, I to mean, video. It's super creepy, but it kind of does make sense. Like, does it? No, it's supposed to be a prank, right? Except it's not. It's just they're like, I don't know, I guess an excuse to, hey, let's put cameras in the girls' dorm and or their bathrooms. Right, because because I think that if they want to get revenge, they do the panty raid, right? And while they're doing the panty raid, they, they bust into like the girls' shower room and take a Polaroid of them naked, and then that's the picture that we get at the end of the uh, pie tin. Like, okay, that makes sense. But just to put four video cameras with a 14-year-old kid up there in the attic, too, watching Bush and Tits, it just, it having the video doesn't make sense. That, well, they had to 
they had to have the gay guy though. and the underage kid doing something while the panty raid was going on. I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it, it, it doesn't make sense. Well, that 14-year-old kid could have gotten it a few times in this movie, and that's an issue in itself. We when they were trying to look for houses, and some older woman seemed really open to the idea that some young boy like that, who, I mean, looking like that too, was just awkward in itself, but who seemed very happy that he answered or was knocking at her door. That was awkward already, one. And then, yeah, Lamar, very obvious in his in his sexual preference, poor Lamar has to go <laughs> and commit these crimes of, of drilling holes uh, through the through the rooms, setting up cameras, and then he has to operate the cameras when they when they right. are back at the at the frat house. So I th- I think I know though Jordan I think I know the answer why they did it. Porky's. Okay. Porky's. Uh, the you know Porky's came out I had to look it up came out like three years before this but Porky's if I recall correctly was a big hit and that had like the peeping on the girls and so how do you one up it you set up a video camera and then watch it all night long. <laughs> so. Ridiculous. Okay, okay, I got you. So then, so then, somebody like me that's trying to figure out logic behind these nerds who are supposed to be super smart, there's no logic. We got to one up the peeping Tom shower scene from Porky's, and we got to show a lot of tits and bush, just because we want to go that route. I mean, I su- I don't know for sure, but I suspect as much because it's that's the whole thing with like a lot of these. And you guys have been doing the the '80s teen sex comedy movies, but. So I'm sure you kind of see elements of it, but for the plot, sometimes you just got to show some tits the way. Yeah. The way a lot of these movies handle the like sex aspect of the sex comedy is like really questionable. And I don't know. I don't know. No, no. It's uh, again, it seems like these uh, unbelievable situations seems to just kind of happen. And we're just supposed to kind of accept it type of thing too like it's just uh they are able to do it with no with no consequence right and, and yeah. i think yeah you're right because they're, because alpha beta gets away with everything go ahead randall sorry oh no it's okay i was just gonna say there really is no consequence like i kind of thought there might be some consequence for them selling the pie tins with the uh the naked chick on them because mm-hmm. there's there are many sex crimes committed in this movie um and I feel like the ones we've discussed already are actually the least concerning of them. But I, th- that's there's that's hard evidence. You would think I don't know. They're the they're the good guys, so there's not going to be any consequences for them. But it's it's pretty weird. And I, I don't know. And maybe it's strange that it didn't occur to people then and through the '90s and through a lot of the 2000s that like well, these scenarios are kind of fucked up. <laughs> No, it is because, like, okay, so one of my favorite deans in a college movie is 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 always the dean from old school. He's like the slimy, vengeful dean, right? Jeremy Piven. Yeah, and and then and then this movie, this dean is completely bullied by the football coach, and I just wish that there was more of a conflict because he was just so bullied by the football coach that he never stood for himself until the end because i would like to have seen conflict with the actions that they do especially you know the darth vader scene which eric you told me about i was because you and i talked off 
off uh, show here where you're like, hey, man, you know, wait for the Darth Vader scene. I'm like, what Darth Vader scene? And then when it comes up and he that's not rape, is it? I mean, like it is. Is that rape? Because oh, she, yeah. it seemed like she was willing. It no, just it, wasn't w- willing with who she thought. Is that right? So is that classified as rape? It's it's rape <laughs> by deception. Um, yeah, it, it totally is because he is having sex with her under like she she's not willing to have sex with him specifically she thought he was somebody else so it is technically still rape so (laughs) this okay the screenwriter refers to it now as the rape scene and he apparently he's written um like a musical version of this that they've performed before and he always he he removed that he actually had he actually had them develop a relationship before she falls in love with him instead of just you know Instead of having sex with her while she thought he was somebody else. Yeah. Because 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 I was watching this with my wife and he has sex with her and then she realizes that it's the nerd and she's like all about it and in love and everything. And I look at my wife and I go, so all I got to do is find the clitoris. And she's like, yeah, pretty much. Good luck. So, I I mean, I I mean, that's it, right? They totally. Okay, listen, I think. They knew that scene was messed up because they knew to have her initial reaction be like, that was wonderful. Oh, you're that nerd. You were so good. Like, they knew they had to have her react that way in order for it to not come across as straight-up rape. But, but, and I was thinking about this scene a lot. You rewatch the scene where he looks and he sees the mask sitting there and he gets a look on his face that he's, he gets an idea, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's not a like, oh boy, this is gonna be a wacky adventure, or it's it's not dude, he gets a sinister look. It gets <laughs> it's dark. And I was like, because I'd forgotten I get I, in my head I got this and other like um other eighties comedies mixed up to where I'm like, okay, which one is this? Is this the one with the, the chick giving the guy a blowjob under the pedest uh, under the uh, what do they call it? Podium Bleachers? Podium, podium, okay. I don't remember which movie that is, but that's some other movie. I was like, oh, no, it's this one. Okay. Yeah. And when that scene happened, I knew exactly where it was going because he gets a real weird look on his face. They knew. Yeah. Yeah, they knew. Like, it it was like, hey, I'm going to fuck your girl for revenge kind of thing. I just found it funny because I just looked at my wife the entire time. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's that's all you got to do. You know, and my wife agreed. So clearly I'm doing things wrong. Um, Let's... (laughs) Let's. I want to talk about the elephant in the room, and I'm going to be politically correct as much as possible. But there is one thing in this movie that I can't believe it was going on throughout, and it will definitely not be allowed, even more so than the rape. It's the Asian character, and oh, every every time he was doing something, uh, Takashi, Takashi, they had to do that stereotypical. Asian like music in the right. background, you know, and I'm just like, wow, okay. And then he spoke in that stereotypical Asian broken American accent. I'm like, wow, like that was <laughs> that was crazy. Some of the stuff that was going every scene. Like, I had him take pictures during the frat party too. Right. I didn't I, even think about that. You're right. He's He's the guy with the camera because, of course, he is. The Asian <laughs> stereotype character is such a staple of all these 80s comedies that I can think of. Why? It's so weird. I, I, it's a cheesy way to just to get it, I think. 
it's easy, easy, cheap yeah. laugh. I time. guess. I guess. I mean, like, because because it kind of remind me of uh, of the Asian character. And what was it? Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink. Every time he came around, you know, he had the gong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened in this movie. Every time this well, Asian character was on screen, there was a gong and like you know the stereotypical music. I was like, it's, wow, it's someone for to to point at, you know, and uh, and you know, ha ha with. So I think that's uh, just kind of what it is—the the bullying effect, really. It's 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 real blatant and real bad in this for sure. And I was thinking about it because I was like, the, the Lamar is problematic in this show, but I feel like. Most of the time, they just don't know what to do with him. They had the one limp wrist joke. Otherwise, they're like, well, I guess he'll, he's doing aerobics every time you see him. That's, they didn't know what else to do. Right. But they had, they got the Asian stereotypes. They didn't know what to do with that. And I was like, and there's really only like one joke that's kind of at the expense of black people. <laughs> and this is going to sound bad, but hear me out. I actually laughed at the one joke and I was thinking about it. I'm like, why does that joke not feel horribly wrong, but everything with the Asian guy does. And the joke I'm talking about is when they've got the two older black guys from the Lambda, Lambda, Lambda national, whatever committee at the party. And the guy's like, well, here I'm going to put, maybe I'll put, I'll put on some music that they might enjoy more. (laughs) And he puts on, sing low (laughs) right it's horrible but I was like but it actually got a laugh out of me and I was like well what is it about that versus the blatant like switching the L's and R's and having other characters react to him like yeah to his accent right well (laughs) with the swing low sweet chariot thing it's it's not the movie making fun of these characters it's Essentially, the movie making fun of the nerd who was so ignorant to put to think that's the song to put on. Mm -hmm. And then right away, we actually get another character in the movie react to it and be like, no, no, no. We're because Lamar instantly is on that record player and pulls it off and just gives the other guys a look like, nah, sorry, man. Mm -hmm. As opposed to the Asian guy in which the movie itself is making fun of him. It's the movie and the audience that's supposed to be laughing at this guy. Laughing at him because he's the Asian, as opposed to laughing at the nerd for being racist and insensitive, right? I yeah, that's a very interesting point because I'm actually totally agreeing with you on that one, Randall. Because one of my favorite jokes throughout majority of the movie is when they join Landa, Landa, Landa. It's just funny. It's because. They're like, hey, we're going to join this fraternity because we didn't show them a picture of us. Because every other fraternity said no because they said they submitted us a picture. But this one fraternity said, yeah, we'll check a look at you without a picture. And then as soon as they said we we got accepted, it goes right to a wall of fame of classes, and they're all African-American. And I was like, oh, right. that's fucking funny. And the movie – I loved it, it. It's weird because it the movie actually handles that fairly well. It like does. it's a dumb joke, but it's fine, and they don't. It's not something they rail over and over. They don't even draw attention to it beyond showing the fact that like this is predominantly all African American association, right. but nobody really even mentions it. 
And no, it, it was it's funny. interesting. Well, I did I did find it funny where at the end of the movie where they're kind of doing their their soapbox moment there with the microphone, and in front of the black lambda 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 the trilams, uh, as they're kind of standing post and guarding them, the the white nerds, the, the nerds come out and be like, yeah, you know, as nerds we get made fun of a lot, and sometimes it like it's just like. You know the people, oh God, yeah. the people back there. I think had you know your 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 chapter members over there. I think had it, it a little bit worse than some than some nerds who got picked on. But um, who am I? I? I thought that was just kind of funny in in hindsight looking at it. Well, because I liked it because they played it straight. Uh, the two representatives of, of Lambda Lambda Lambda. Sure. Uh, they just they 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 played it straight the way I took it, and I I found them to be really 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 uh, funny that one guy is uh bernie casey by the way he's um the weird looking one or the short one the the the, the main the the head president if the you weird wanna, looking guy him like that like a is weird he weird face. looking yeah like, like, is that would you uh, you're weird looking jordan but <laughs> am i i'm not like that guy i mean like i'm also gonna say the guy from hills have eyes original is like weird you looking. you are a cartoon character and if you don't oh, okay. believe that then. All right, well, you know, fuck you, bud. How about that? Um. <laughs> but he was been—he had been in a lot of movies um, in like the '70s, a lot of like the uh, the black exploitation movies, and oh, okay. um, uh, he was in the Roots. Um, I think the the, the newer the, the 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 revamp, the the next generation one, and he's just done a lot of movies and TV shows, a lot of uh, kind of like those um, those D real stuff. Hmm. The D-lister, the B-real films, you know. Okay, so I want to uh, before we get into popcorn, is I do want to talk about the uh, the games at the end. You know, uh, one of the games was uh, the um, the Takashi, homecoming games. The homecoming games, Takashi outbeating uh, the Alpha Betas because he was taking a pill every time he made a lap because the pill counteracted with the alcohol, so he wouldn't be drunk. I That's was... interesting curious about that too because they even say what the chemical or the drug is that they give them is that a real thing <laughs> it is it is that i'm looking it up on the trivia right now that is fake and so is the silenced drill oh the silenced drill i knew that man i kind of i was wondering if that was supposed to be a joke or if that was really just their lazy workaround for the fact that they were drilling into a wall right above these chicks heads yeah yeah like, quick little what? plot fix there Love that one. Uh, what what else do we have? We had uh, the javelin throw. There was other ones in this. Oh shoot! Well, the the cart, the the javelin throw, um, belching contest, and then the the talent show. Okay, thank you. The talent show. Now I lied to you guys at the beginning of the show. I said I remembered only two things. I have seen and I've heard of this song and this clip on YouTube hundreds of times before. Poindexter. With that violin, he's he's goddamn god. <laughs> that thing's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. I loved how um, how the two main nerds were coming out like fucking Devo style because they always had Devo on their fucking walls for some reason. Uh, the band Devo for people mm-hmm. that don't know that are listening, uh, yeah. they well, did Devo whip was it. Like, Devo so. was like the '80s nerdy synth music, you know? Right. Right. And, yeah. For sure. And I, I just found that whole thing absolutely funny because Alpha Betas did 
a very stereotypical trope of we're going to dress up as girls and then the girls are going to dress up like us. So that's what makes us fun. Ha ha ha. And I'm like, no fucking point. Dasher comes out with that violin bow. You're done. You're just, you're just, you're just fucking done. And, uh, of, of course they win it. And then John Goodman gives him a, what the fuck boys. And they go and trash the guys, place. And while they were trashing the place, I remember talking to my wife when we were watching, I was like, watch, Watch the nerds are going to get their fucking place. And that pretty much turns out to be what happens. That is yeah. what happens. Yeah, kind of. I guess the, the talent show is kind of the, I guess the climax of the movie because the actual end of the movie felt anticlimactic. I was like, oh, wait, it's just going to, okay, it's a speech and they get their house back and, oh, okay. And the guy stood up to the, the coach. Yeah, it, and, it, and some alums walk in and give them a give them a hand, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense, but it would have ended better with with the Poindexter thing, right? With the Poindexter violin. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, in a way, it almost would have if they would have, because it felt like they had a little bit of a character arc they needed to wrap up on a couple of the main two nerds, or any kind of a character arc for the main two nerds, and. They're just, oh, well, let's do this little speech thing and have them like, it felt like they were doing the going into the third act stuff after the final, like in the final scene of the movie. Right. I, You're right, Randall. They, they should have flipped it. They should have done, you know, the nerds coming home real quick before the big musical number at the end. And they feel like that the house is trashed and then they do like the speech and then end it with the musical thing and everybody cheering. You right. Know, yeah. That'll be the better way. Because after that, it goes to the, you know, the s- screenwriters, the lowest point. They're at their lowest point. But then that like ramps up towards the end of the movie in a lot of movies. Not that they have to follow, you know, it doesn't need to be cookie cutter, but it just made it feel weird and anticlimactic on this viewing for me. I agree with that. Well, let's 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 get into our popcorn ratings here. Eric, we'll go with you first, bud. What is your popcorn rating? For Revenge of the Nerds. Um, well, this was kind of an interesting movie. I do remember it being like on the on the rebroadcast, just like Randall was saying, like on basic cable or on on extended cable. So like on on Comedy Central, I'd see this a lot, and I would see it censored with a lot of melon farmers and with uh, a lot of blurred visions and, and stuff like that. Just I, I, they couldn't show boobs, obviously, and there were a good amount of boobs in this movie. So mm-hmm. thumbs up from that part, which is probably why it gets a small bag for that redeeming quality factor only. Um, the games are fun, the characters are fun, and uh, like there are enjoyable parts of this movie. It's just not anything to write home about, and it didn't. It does not age well. It is just a bit of ridiculous, and obviously it spawned three more sequels after this, which are ever more ridiculous than the first one itself. So. There is an audience for this. It's just kind of like a um, a would-be American Pie of its time, mm. more than anything, just because of how silly it is. It's really about the silly situations rather than it being the characters developing or growing and learning a lesson. Just kind of like a, um, a sign of the time. So a small bag. I'll put some. I'll put some butter on that too, just because it's an hour and a half, and that is just like the sweet time. Thank you very much. Right. No, I agree. Okay, so uh, for me, I'm actually going to give this one a medium bag. 
And to go off what you said about how this was always on, like, your basic cable, uh, every time I turned on basic cable, it was always Shawshank. So, all the time. TNT, we know drama, meaning they just own the rights to Shawshank. So, I never saw this on Comedy Central. Um, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I literally thought it was just a bunch of nerds that were nervous about girls, nervous to get laid. And the whole point of the movie was then the movie was both nerds. Both friends were going to get the unattainable, hot, sexy, sorority girl. One did, uh, so I guess I kind of was wrong on that one. Uh, Booger was was it was an interesting character, but he was just kind of like, eh. He was just a he was just an outcast. So we're gonna put him apart with the nerds. Um, the movie at all overall didn't do much for me, but it's definitely stronger than some of the movies we reviewed so far in her teen sex comedy this year. Like I gotta go with that. It's better than Valley Girl with Nicolas Cage. It's better than The Last American Virgin. So th- 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 this one's not bad. Uh, I can see why people consider it a classic. So yeah, I mean medium bag for me. Randall, what would you give Revenge of the Nerds? Um, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go small bag because I was really kind of bored through a lot of it and actually i was kind of excited to revisit it because it's been since i was a kid since i watched any of this um i i i think there's some good stuff like that the the talent that their concert at the end in the talent show is a standout moment i was talking to my girlfriend before uh talking to you guys tonight and telling her i was going to talk about revenge of the nerds and she's like and i was like i don't really it wasn't that great and she's like what about the concert or whatever? Like, so that sticks with people and it is memorable for sure. Um, most of the characters, they're all stereotypes, but most of them are, they're not that interesting. I don't feel like anybody's really fleshed out, including our two main characters. We get a little bit of character stuff at the beginning of the movie. And then it's just like, that's thrown to the side. Booger is amazing. I wish he'd stop picking his nose. And I think he's only there because otherwise the nerds would never party they got to have somebody there with with some weed to loosen everybody up. Nice. Um, also, Poindexter is amazing. <laughs> but the 80s-ness, the weird 80s-ness, is act- was actually a lot more surprising to me than I expected. I knew it was there. But I was like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, no, this doesn't fly very well. The, the racist stuff, it, it's, ooh, it's rough. So I'm going to give it a small bag because elements of it are that are totally classic... 80s for better or worse 80s uh party college comedy um but it's it's not amazing (laughs) well uh, that concludes our review for revenge of the nerds but before we end our episode tonight randall uh you are involved in other podcast i am And, and so i wanted to give you this time here to kind of plug and tell everybody about who you are and what's going on with in in your world of podcasting. All right, thank you. So I yes, I do. I have a couple of my own podcasts. I do uh, the Grolix podcast, and it's movie specific spinoff Grolix Cinematic Universe. Grolix Cinematic Universe is currently kind of on an extended break between seasons, but those episodes are timeless, so you can go back and revisit them. Uh, those we we take a look at. Uh, typically, we take a look at two movies. review each movie and then try to pitch our version of a shared cinematic universe between whatever those two random movies are. And, uh, my main, the main show though is Grolix podcast and that we used to talk about comics. Now we pretty much just talk about TV and movies and we're doing that live Thursdays at 8 PM each week. Um, 
and then you can get the audio replays after. And that's GrawlixPodcast.com. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast. And if you're curious, a Grawlix is those symbols they use in comics to censor swear words. Nobody knows what a Grawlix is, so. Well, now I do. I was always curious, but there you go. He, he right. gave me he gave me some info there, Eric. He, oh, that's perfect. Right. I know what it means. Nice. That's where All it comes right. from. Learn something new today. Well, Randall, thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, out of your day to, to join us for this episode of Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, of course, like always, check us out at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Also, we're part of the EMC Podcast Network. Always check that out as well. And Twitter and all the social media net, uh, uh, media platforms. I can't talk tonight. So uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back next week for another awesome episode with The Haunting of Bly Manor. Have a good night. <laughs>